once again a very glorious Christmas morning to all of you as we gather and celebrate this awesome event of God entering into our human history. If you were here with us on Sunday, you noticed that the church looks a little different. That's a little bit more festive. And so I want to thank Louise Allen, Suzanne Thompson, and all those volunteers who helped us to make this what it is today. I upset the apple cart a lot, if you didn't realize that, as your pastor. I do not like everything the same every year. In my previous parish, when we did church decorations, there was a parishioner who would come in with the pictures of last year's Christmas and expect to redo everything the same way it was. And I disturbed her so much. I drove her crazy because I refused to elaborate those pictures. Every year is Christmas, yes, but every year is a new Christmas. Every year is a new reality for us of what Christmas means. We have all heard the Christmas story over and over again. We've heard it, we've celebrated it, and yet for myself, as often as I've heard the Christmas story, this year something triggered me that hasn't triggered me in years, ever, never triggered me. And it was, it was very interesting to see. And so when you enter with scripture, the challenge for us is when something puzzles us, the normal thing that we usually do is say, oh, well, let's just, well, let's just move on. We'll just skip that part. But what the puzzlement of scripture should cause us to do is to ponder and enter more deeply into it. And so as you know, for us, for us, the priests, and for music ministers who are here for many masses, Christmas also upsets our apple cart because every mass we have, vigil, midnight, mass during the day, has different readings, which means, technically, different homilies. However, Father's still tired from last night's Midnight Mass. <laughs> and the Midnight Mass was, uh, was when we heard about the angels visiting the shepherds. Do you remember the story? That the angels appear and tell the shepherds that be not afraid, bring my tidings. St. Paul tells us in the second reading today that Jesus, the Son of God, is greater than all of the angels that God has created. And so these angels tell the shepherds that, for today in the city of David a Savior has been born for you who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Well, that caused me pause this year. What are swaddling clothes? Who cares what the baby's wearing, technically? In some cultures, babies stay nude. 
So what difference does it make? But the point of the matter is that not only did, it, did we hear from Luke that Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes, but that the angels come and tell the shepherds, and the son will be a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. So these swaddling clothes must have a great significance to the Christmas story. Otherwise, why would it be in the scriptures? There's nothing that's filler in scripture. There's nothing wasted. No words are wasted. It's not like writing a term paper and having to make a certain amount of pages, and so you figure out how you can use all these big words and phrases to make the sentence longer, or to enlarge the font so it takes up more space. No, every word. So what is swaddling clothes? What do these swaddling clothes mean? How is that a sign to the shepherds that Jesus is with us, that the Son of God is both Christ and King? He is Christ, he is here, he is God. Well, the shepherds of Bethlehem had a unique role in Israeli history, in the history of the Hebrew people, because it was the shepherds of Bethlehem who provided the Passover lambs to the temple. So the Passover lamb, the lamb that was used on the Passover, that had to be firstborn unblemished, was raised by these shepherds on the hills of, of Bethlehem. And so in order to keep the lambs unblemished, the shepherds would wrap those lambs in a cloth and then bind it and place it in the feeding trough to be protected and not injured. You know, we all know little babies, we all know little kids. When they're learning to walk, they fall, they scrape themselves, sometimes they break a bone. That's not an unblemished lamb. An unblemished lamb can't have a broken bone, can't have any discrepancies in part of it. No scars, no falls. So the shepherds have to protect them. So, so the shepherds know what they do with the lamb, the unblemished lamb. They know that a lamb in swaddling clothes is the Passover lamb. The lamb which is the reminder of, of God's saving power to Israel who saves them from slavery. So can you imagine when these shepherds get to the cave, to the manger, where Jesus is, and see this baby wrapped in swaddled clothes and in a manger, in the feeding trough, just like the unblemished lambs used at Passover. The shepherds would have seen that as the sign, the sign that the Passover of the Lord is upon us, the new Passover, the new Passover in which God saves us from our sinfulness. Now we're going to step outside for a second, but hold that thought. You know, part of the stress of our Christmas celebrations, part of our stress of preparation, I should say, is gift buying. Buying gifts for people. And then stressing about who is going to give me a gift that I don't have a gift for in return. So we worry, worry, worry about making sure that I have a gift to give to someone who gives me a gift. Gift 
giving is supposed to mirror the gift of God to us, his son. God gives us a gift, his own divine son in human flesh. He gives us this gift expecting nothing back. He does not expect anything back with this divine gift of love. And whether you want him or not, accept him or not, he still gives the gift. Whether you are the saint or the sinner, the gift is still given to us. For unto us a child is given, unto us a child is born, Christ our Savior. This is something that we have, to, we have to appreciate, we have to reflect upon, we have to understand on this Christmas. Because this Christmas, for us, isn't just one day. Tomorrow is not just December 26th, tomorrow is Christmas Day. For seven full days it's Christmas Day. We cannot reflect enough in our mind on one 24-hour period of this awesome majesty of our God, who gives us this gift of his very life. And not only does he give us this gift of his very life, in history, in time, 2019 years ago, but he gives us this gift of history each and every time we gather around this altar. Because in a few moments, my dear friends, once again, the angels will be before, before us, worshiping and praising God. And God will come down from heaven to earth. Earth will be brought up into heaven as once again Jesus comes to us to feed us with his holy food, the Holy Eucharist. The birth of Christ and the Nativity cannot be separated or divorced from the gift of the Holy Eucharist which again is a free total gift of God, who gives us everything of himself to feed us, to nourish us, to strengthen us. Whether you're the saint or you're the sinner, God loves you and comes to you. God loves the sinner as much as the saint. God does not have conditions on his love. God doesn't say, you go to daily Mass every day, I love you more than the person who only goes to Mass once a month. God's love is not bound by that. God's love is an unconditional. God's love is perfect. God's love is pure. So God loves you and God loves me in the same manner in which he loves his son. God cannot love us any more than he loves us. And because of this awesome reality, because of this mystery of God's love, we must enter into it. We must meditate upon this beautiful scene and allow ourselves to be caught up in this love of God for us. Because when we do, the sinner becomes the saint. When we do, we cannot help but respond with a desire to love God back in return, to live a life that is worthy of the love that he shares with us. But if I just look at this scene, if I just look at the manger and say, oh, isn't that pretty? Isn't it beautiful? 
and we have four nativities here on the church property. There's one outside by the hall, there's one in the vestibule, there's one in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, and there's one here. Now you can go and you can look at them and say, oh, aren't they nice? Isn't it pretty? And look at how the artist or the sculptor changed different positions or different faces. But that would be a disservice to what this nativity is to be. What this scene is to remind us of. It was St. Francis of Assisi who first gave us the manger scene. 13, in the 13th century. And he gave us the scene so that we could be better able to enter into it and to contemplate this great love of God. The light has come into the darkness, as we heard in the Gospel this morning. And the darkness cannot overcome it. The light of Christ comes to us, whether we want him or not. He comes to us. Christ is present for all of us as a manifestation, as a proof of God's tremendous love for us. Let us not allow this Christmas to be like every other Christmas. Let us do all in our power to enter more fully and completely into this mystery of God's love for us. And let that love that God has for us as we enter into this beautiful scene, transform us into the living presence of God and his love to this world that cries out to know him. For unto us a child was given, for unto us a child was born, Jesus Christ the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.